Welcome to the STD Project's Happy Hump Day podcast. Today is Wednesday, and as you're getting over the hump of your work week, we're bringing you exciting conversations and discussions about all things sexual health, specifically sexually transmitted infections and diseases. Who doesn't love a good STD convo anyway, right? I'm your Happy Hump Day host, Janelle Marie, and the founder and executive director of the STDproject.com. Today, we have a special treat for you. We are joined by guest Kirsty Spragan of KirstyTV.com and Kirsty TV on YouTube. She hosts a weekly online talk show and some have even dubbed her the new Oprah. We'll see what you think. I first met Kirsty through Twitter after she sent me a link to a video she had recently published and after watching it I knew I needed to bring her and her story to you, my listeners. Kirsty very earnestly and bravely shared her story of living with herpes. She came out for the first time ever publicly via a YouTube video which she dubs her pretty little secret and later she did a TEDx talk so I'll definitely post links for my listeners and readers but without further ado Kirsty, thank you so much for joining us. Well thank you for having me here it's an honor. It is our pleasure so tell us a little bit more about what it is you do and then your personal story. Yeah um, so we have the online television show which really for us is about sharing stories that heal and I believe when we share our own story, it heals ourselves and it heals others. And that's certainly been the case with the 100 plus episodes that we've had up and topics from everything from people who are living with herpes or HIV to LGBT community members coming out, recovering addicts, eating disorders. And, you know, when we look at the statistics, it's almost one in three to one in five on nearly every single one of those. So everyone knows someone who's going through something and we often don't share those stories and we keep those things secret. And for me, my own personal journey with herpes was an 18-year journey before I got to the point where I could share that publicly. And, you know, I certainly wish that I'd gotten there sooner, but it was really the seed that planted the idea for the television show and wanting to create a platform for other people to feel less alone in whatever situation they're in. We all have shame and guilt and stigma around something. And I wanted to people to know that there were other people going through the same thing and they had been able to move forward and have great relationships and great lives and how they did that I think is something that we can all learn from. You make a really great point and that everybody is dealing with something and I say this to readers and listeners all of the time. You, we usually feel like we're alone in whatever it is, whatever condition, whatever experience we're encountering. And as soon as you have that opportunity to open up, whether it's in a more private fashion, whether you're just writing about it in a personal journal, or whether you're sharing it with a close friend or family member, that is part of the healing process. It's very cathartic. And I feel like once people start working through that, they realize that, wait a minute, that this doesn't necessarily have to define them, that this is just part of their experience. It's part of their character, and, and they may have learned from it and grown from it, but it's not all of them. And is that what you're finding, too? Like, the people who reach out to you after you've had both the TEDx talk and especially the very personal coming out video, what do you, what are the most common strains that you get from, from listeners and, and viewers? Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things is that we have a certain perception around what this means to us. And we just touched on then that everyone has something, but it seems to me that everyone's something they seem to internalize as the worst. After my TED talk, I had a lady, you know, very courageously come up and share her own story and she said you know it's so easy for you you've only got herpes 
And I thought that's so, so interesting because to me, there could not be anything worse in the world. And a couple of people since have done this where they're like, oh, but my thing is so much worse. And and this lady then shares with me how after having children, she can't control her bladder, so she's wetting her pants. And she literally thought that was worse than living with an STD. I couldn't believe it. And so we had a good laugh between us because we were able to go, okay, so this is what we're making it mean. For 18 years, talked about it in very limited circles with very small groups of people. It wasn't something that, you know, now, I, I the other week I was at the airport at LAX and someone asked me about my TED Talk and I'm sitting there at the luggage carousel telling them I have herpes. It was the most surreal thing to me. And this, ha I would say I told three three or four people a week every couple of days that I have herpes as I'm talking about the work of Kirsty TV or the TED Talk itself. And it's so bizarre for me because even a year ago, I couldn't have done that and, and wouldn't have wanted to. And it held such a, you know, a grasp on me that I was, was still in that mindset of this is too shameful to sit and chat about and isn't something that you just want to blurt out to anybody. But there is such a sense of freedom in that. And so, yeah, the, the feedback's been phenomenal and what amazes me the most is how many people write to me and say me too how many friends and family members that I didn't know all these years how many people send me page long emails and their emails are my story I could have written those letters you know there's such a journey to having an STD that's so universal and similar in many ways for many of us and so it's just been a, a beautiful beautiful experience for me I concur I said the same thing you know it took me so long to launch the STD project I was diagnosed at 16 so it's been it was 15 years for me before I actually came out quote unquote and it took me that long because I thought I needed to get to a place where I was so strong and where I would be able to handle all of the backlash that I anticipated because like you said I was internalizing that like this is the worst thing and I know what people are going to say and it's going to be all of these negative reactions and I think just like you I have received largely nothing but positive responses and thank yous and emails and somebody will send me a message and I feel like that is just me it's my 16 year old self writing in and every time I respond to someone I feel like I'm reaching back in time and giving myself the hug that I so desperately needed. <laughs> in my TED talk that, you know, for me, one of the turning point moments was about 12 to 14 years in, I was asked to speak with someone who'd just been diagnosed who was really depressed and thought life was over and they were very worried about her. And talking to her, I hung up afterwards and I just broke down and cried because I felt like I said everything to her that I wish I had said to myself or I wish someone else had told me. And, you know, because there's so many unknown things at the very beginning that, again, you, you know, you make them larger than life and, and make them the truth when they're really not. I think that something you just said then about that you wanted to wait until you were strong enough to handle the backlash, mm -hmm. I do think that that is important. I do think that the reality is you, you are going to get some people who don't want you to share your story, who are still stuck in their own shame guilt and their own secrets and their way of dealing with that is to never talk about it never unlock it so it's sometimes not even that they don't want you to share yours it's that by you sharing yours you put a mirror up to them and you remind them of all the things they're trying not to feel and think about so it was a it was a tough decision for me to do because there were some people in my life who didn't want me to do that uh, and I had to decide what was right for me and what I knew would help people on a bigger scale than just those handful of people 
that were going to be upset and I knew that this was something I was supposed to do. So it wasn't easy, but I do think that, yes, you have to be strong enough to, you know, similar to someone when they're coming out when they're gay. Parents may not approve your relatives, friends. Um, you may lose some people for a period of time until they adjust. And, and I think the other thing is that sometimes we've had the time to process it and they haven't. So we also have to give them time to have that negative reaction and not, you know, not hold them to that. Allow forgiveness from our part too for their reaction and allow time to soften that and for them to see that you're okay and that there hasn't been some horrible backlash and that, that you're helping people. Yeah, and we tell people too a lot of times that in listening to what other people are saying or you're hearing things that are highly stigmatized about what it is you're dealing with, whether it's a sexually transmitted infection or disease or something entirely different, I tell people to, to think about, first of all, not to internalize it. Do your best not to internalize it because usually it's a reflection of a lack of information on speaker's behalf. They just don't know. They're repeating and regurgitating what it is that they've heard in the media that's negative so they are really just trying to work through it by potentially verbalizing something that can feel harmful but it really is not at all a reflection of who you are or your character it's just the lack of information and education and I think that's where you having done a certain amount of personal growth work and self-awareness helps you be in a position to identify that and not personalize it. You know, I almost sat above people's reactions, like watching from above, and I could see that this wasn't about me. I could sense that this was their own pain and their own secret being triggered by me. And I, and I had one lady who we were going away with a group of friends and she hadn't met me. And on the drive out there, we were going to be sharing a bathroom and my friend was talking about the TEDx talk and we mentioned what the topic was of herpes and all of that. Well, this lady was like, well, can we share a bathroom? And see, I'd never had this reaction in all of my life with all of the people I'd shared. So that was quite a shock for me that some people actually think that. And it was a wonderful experience in a lot of ways, though, because I had interviewed a lot of people who've had that kind of reaction to either being gay, coming out, having cancer, that people don't want to be near them with a bald head and they take their children away. So for me, you know, I think that's, again, when you're in a strong enough place in yourself, I saw it all as a gift. I saw it all as a new experience, whether it was a good or bad. I kind of took it as, wow, she's showing me another side of humanity. She's showing me how there are still people so ignorant that she didn't mean to be mean. She was genuinely worried about herself. And as you say, you know, media, different things, she, she just wasn't educated. So I think you have to be willing to see the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of it when you're willing to share your story and know that there's a process to that, giving them time. And things have changed for me from October when I made the decision to now being April, you know, time really does give everyone room to see how they feel about everything and move through those processes. As a parent and just chatting with you now and listening and watching your video and watching your video, I have to be earnest that it was hard to watch. For me, it was almost like a trigger because it took me back to I was so ultimately terrified of telling anyone, potential partners, friends, and because I had been so horribly shamed and because I had watched the stigma and the misconceptions and information and then internalized that and thought, well, if that's what people say, it must be true about myself. So watching you go through that in such a public way 
to me was it was beautiful and it touched me on so many levels but it was it was difficult because it brought me back to feeling that way again you know and it, and it was good I thought and refreshing in a way because now that I and you and I think you can probably empathize with this we're doing this in such a public fashion it's easy almost to forget how horrible we did once feel and how big yes. of an issue it was you know because now it's like you can tell and just chatting with you how you've even come since October how far you come and how more confident you feel about your choice and the resulting positive effects that that's had yeah I think you know I said to a couple of people recently that I could never do that talk again because I don't feel that way anymore mm -hmm. so I'm so glad with something that I recorded for myself in my bedroom I didn't intend to share it and when my producers and assistant wanted to put it out as a pre-video to the TED talk I, I was having such a reaction to that, even knowing that I'd spoken about it at TED, but the idea of sharing that video, because, I mean, I'm blubbering, crying halfway through, or most, you know, over 50% sure. of the time, it was hard for me. I can't watch that one anymore, because even do, I feel so sad for her, but I'm grateful as well, because I wouldn't be where I am today, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing without having had that experience, but I think that's also a testament to how much of a difference it makes when you're willing to share your story. I My title for my TEDx talk was You're Only As Sick As Your Secrets, and I truly believe that this makes us sick, and, it, you know, I'm 38 and I'm single, so what does that tell you? Like, it, it shows up in ways that maybe people don't realise, pushing people away, having, maybe being in a relationship but still having dysfunctional, you know, and unhealthy relationships, choosing men that maybe weren't as good for me or as up to par, you really have done better, choosing lesser people on an unconscious level. I didn't believe that I was worth more or somebody really amazing wouldn't accept this, so I think that no matter what your secret is, whether it's an STD or addiction or depression, whatever it is, when we keep those secrets, it really does show up whether we think it is or not. We think for 15 years, we think that we're keeping the secret quiet. And even though we might not be verbalizing it, it is being seen. People see it in your unhappiness, in your life being dysfunctional, in you not progressing and moving forward and growing. So, you know, keeping it quiet doesn't mean it's not there. So the greatest learning for me is that you're never going to feel ready. Even the day I got on the TEDx stage, I was wanting to throw up. All I was so nauseous all day, shaking, you know, and, and that for me was a real lesson because I'd always been able to trust my body. I'd always been very intuitive and I did. I mean, I had a deep, deep knowing that this was what I was supposed to do, but my body was not reacting in the same way. So that was really bizarre for me uh, to have to go, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And as I said, to have so many un knowns of how is the world going to react this is a big platform to be out there on family and friends you know not everybody's happy there were so many things going on but for me I thought that getting to the point where I could share it like that was going to be the end of the journey mm -hmm. and I've spoken with a friend of mine who's a speaker and a psychologist for a couple of years since I'd started the show and I'd said look I know that this is part of my journey I know that I have to get to a place where I can share this I can't do this show by not being able to disclose that part of the story so for me it was inevitable but 
I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know how I'd be ready to share this so publicly. And for me, it was a little bit of time and maturity and being self-aware and, and all of that. But then there is this moment at the end where you really do have to just take a leap of faith and jump and click send. And with that pretty little secret video in my bedroom, I just said to my assistant in the end, I, I can't deal with this. Just just put it up. Just don't tell me. Just do it. Do what you're going to do. It's almost like, I'll look away and you rip the band-aid off. I think there's an element where people are waiting and thinking that, something will, will change and you just have to do it and you have to start in safe places because there's nothing worse than the first person you share reacting really badly and then you internalize that everyone's going to react like that which is not true exactly you make some excellent points it's certainly not true and that's definitely not how everyone will respond and I think starting in safe places is really key because even though I'm very public about it and you're very public about it, at the STD Project, we advocate for people finding their own way to come out. So we don't necessarily say that everyone needs to post a YouTube video. Of course, we I love your YouTube video. However, that doesn't work for everybody. So I think part of your personal growth and your discovery and who you are and where you're at in that journey to discern what is going to be most safe and appropriate for you so that you can work through it so that you're not hanging on to it and then it's showing like you said in other ways and other facets of your life and I think that how people do that is different for each individual based on just their kind of personality and character but starting in a safe place is key you know I concur that I thought when I launched the website that that was really kind of it like oh I had done all the healing that I needed to do and I was finally to this very strong place in my life and here I go and I just can't even tell you, I started in two years ago and I have come so much further as a result of speaking with people and talking to people about their stories and reading everyone's stories. And I had no idea the amount of healing I had still yet to do. And I think that if, you know, people think they need to get to a certain space and I almost think go for it in a safe environment even if you're not ready to be big in public about it, because that'll be, that's just one step. I think it cracks you wide open, and I think it brings, I haven't been able to articulate it yet. I don't know what it is, but there's something about saying the words out loud to people that lifts the shame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right, because it's almost like you are now, you, instead of it being a skeleton, you are taking, you're taking the power back, and, and you are now empowering yourself to take hold of how that messaging comes across and then what you want to bring back in as a result of, of sharing your story. So I wanna ask you one last question. I wanna be mindful of your time. We're so delighted to have you here today and to be chatting with you and to have our readers have this, have this opportunity to listen to what you have to say. One last question. If you could tell folks who were recently diagnosed one thing, what would you impart? That you're only as sick as your secret. Just really understand that if you keep this down, and waste 10 or 15 years of your life or 18 years like me, don't do it. Just understand that it's the secret that will do the damage. It's the keeping it and shame and stigma for all of those years. If I had been courageous enough to just put it out there early on, I would have saved myself a lot of time and pain. But, you know, we all take the time that we take and you go on the journey that you're going to go on. But, yeah, just, just really understand that it's the secret that does the damage and start opening up and sharing it as soon as you can. And you'll be amazed how many people you know in your own family and friends that also have it or know someone who does and that will help you on your journey as well. That is so true. I tell everybody I meet now that almost everybody I know has had some sort of infection or some sort of 
sexually transmitted disease. I mean, I barely know anybody anymore who has not had some experience that is similar to my own. And I had no idea until I started sharing that. Tell our readers again where they can find you and we'll also be posting links, but let them know how to seek you out. Great. Well, the best thing is the YouTube channel, which is Kirsty TV. K-I-R-S-T-Y TV. Subscribe, help us out. The more people that know about the show and get the message out there. As I said, there's so many topics that everyone has something they can resonate with. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all as at Kirsty TV. There's the website, www.kirstytv.com. And if you Google Kirsty Spragan TEDx, then the talk, You're Only As Sick As Your Secrets, will come up on TEDx. And we're going to be putting up the Pretty Little Secret video on the YouTube channel as well. So that will be there for everyone. Fantastic. And for all of those listening in, I will also post links to all of the aforementioned websites and videos as well. So you'll be able to see them right on the STD project too. Kirsty, it has been my absolute pleasure having you as a guest today. Thank you kindly for taking a moment out of your increasingly busy schedule to help us promote awareness. I'm sure our listeners will agree it has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much. And thank you, listeners, for joining us for another Happy Hump Day podcast. I'm Janelle Marie from the STDproject.com. Stay tuned for our next episode published every other Wednesday.